I have a small TikTok addiction, so it sounds great. <laughs> you can go down that rabbit hole, no pun intended, right? Oh, and it's yeah. Just, uh, I look up at the clock, I'm like, what, whoa, what happened to the time? Because those little one minute videos or three minute videos now really get you, right? You just swipe yeah. the next one. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's the algorithm that really gets you. It's it's quite amazing that how they do that. So it's it's definitely, people spend hours and hours on it, uh, especially just before you go to bed. It's very yeah. addictive and then suddenly it's an hour later. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast second episode with the amazing Dr. Adam Chrisman. And we have Dr. Kelly here as my co-host. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm good, Yola. Thanks. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Uh, Chippy is still uh, not very warm, no. and he's still complaining about the weather here in Kansas. Uh, but uh, for the rest, everything is uh, hunky-dory. Yeah. So how about you? I'm doing great keeping busy and also trying to keep warm just like you are it's pretty cold here in southern ontario so we are yes inside. yes and our, and, and our <laughs> guest is from new jersey where probably it's the same kind of weather that uh, that we're all complaining about as a matter of fact um i planted uh, about 300 tulip bulbs last week which is way too late because okay for for tulip uh, uh fashionistas uh you need to know that you have to plant your tulip bulbs before the winter starts so in the fall you uh, put them in the ground they're little bulbs so they have to have a frost over them and then they come out the next year and so most of my early tulips are already coming out and we had this major frost which is not really good for them but i got a whole box from a friend and so i had to do something with it so i in between those two frost periods that we had i dug a hole and threw in 300 tulip bulbs so Hopefully they will come out uh, and, uh, and and will be good. So, um, so that's my little story that I wanted to start with. Uh, but it, it's uh, it it was quite an enterprise, I have to say. And uh, we'll uh, we'll keep our per podcast, uh, uh, you know, listeners, um, you know, we'll we'll keep an up we'll keep them updated about what my tulip bulbs will do this year. I'll put some pictures on uh, on on the on the different platforms that we have and i forgot to talk about that uh, we have now also the new patreon uh, account that uh, you can see the video on and i should have said that the last week but i didn't so you know i'm getting old forgetting things so dr adam how are you doing what's going on everybody how's it going hi dr adam nice Good to, to see, see you again thanks for having me back yeah i guess i didn't do too bad last week <laughs> yeah, you passed the test. So, uh, you know, uh, it's always it's always a surprise if people come back. And uh, but, you know, you passed the test with, you know, honors. And uh, so I'm really happy that you're here again. And we promised our audience last week uh, that we will talk a little bit about DVM 360. Um, and what do you do for them exactly? And what does that mean if people have not heard from them? Yeah, so uh, DVM360 is um, one of the leading multi veterinary multimedia companies here in the United States. 
Um, and it uh, is also international too, but we have a heavier emphasis here. And it's a publication company with a multimedia component. So um, many of the, your listeners probably have seen the big <laughs> magazine that comes into either the veterinary hospitals or their teaching hospitals at home. So uh, that's been around for over 30 years, believe it or not, wow. too. So yeah, so I help oversee the content that's in there because if those that know that ma that magazine, that it's a whole multitude of things, veterinarian, veterinary technician, practice management, press releases, new products. So I like it. It's kind of like, you know, the headlines of veterinary medicine that are in that publication. So that's one part. And then I oversee and develop and curate the, the content for the, the fetch um, conferences that we have in the United States, along with the Atlantic Coast Veterinary Conference. So that's five conferences that we do um, in, throughout the year. So Plus, we have our podcast. Wait, I got to get my chest voice for the podcast. The Vet Blast Podcast. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> Which you both owe me a visit on the podcast for that one, yes. too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have a blast. I tell you, I get to hang and network with such incredible, you know, wonderful colleagues, vet students, vet tech students. And I really, really mean this. Like we are truly in the best profession on the planet. And it's so nice to shoulder with individuals such as yourselves, you know, all for the greater good of, of animals. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great gig. Now I took the fun fact, I don't know if you know this too, um, my friends, is that I took this position two days before COVID hit, not knowing that the plague was gonna be here. So <laughs> you know how we veterinarians roll. Like we don't like to change our heartworm prevention, let alone a career change, you know? So. I'm like, Kelly Clarkson, what did I just do? You know? <laughs> so, but again, I feel like just as veterinarians, we're so good at soaping things, subjective, objective, you know, like triaging. So that's what I did. I went into triage mode. I'm like, all right, Adam, like I'm going to be learning how to go to pivot, pivot to virtual space. Never knew how to do that, but onboarding with a great team. But the profession teaches you how to adapt to these changes. You know, you have a hit by car that comes down, you have a new puppy. So you learn to adapt to those skills. And I, I feel like I, I, after the 18 years of practicing full-time, it helped me with where I'm at today. And, and, but you're still practicing, don't you? Still practicing. Yep. Yeah, on the weekends. Yeah. Oh my, oh my. Yeah. So you have a 24 uh, seven job now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I love Good it because I like Good to. Good thinking. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what we do as veterinarians I, I i do dab and i i do take time for myself too i want the listeners to always know that's so important of course but i i do think it's important for me to stay relevant within the field because you know i go for the ce i sit i have sat in over two thousand hours of ce in these past two years because of everything and i want to make sure that it's relevant you know so i want to walk the walk if you will yeah, yeah. that makes a, that makes a lot of sense so talking about the fetch conferences uh uh, what's the next one that's coming up and what are the cat topics? You've cats to be kidding me is what you have to say with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Fetch Charlotte, which is our first time going to be entering Charlotte, North Carolina. So mm -hmm. April 22nd through the 24th. And um, that's going to be incredible. We have a lot of feline medicine and behavior tracks too. Elizabeth Colloran will be there along with Chris Pockle, um, Steve Dale, the list goes on. The, we work with um, the Association of Feline Practitioners too. That helps gives us that extra blessing of talks that will be um, catastic and perfect. So, <laughs> but we have that for um, every, every show too. And I, a little birdie told me too, Yola, that I think somebody 
uh, named Yola is going to be joining us at some of these conferences. Is that true? Is that a rumor? Uh, it is a rumor indeed. It's not going to be Charlotte though, sadly. So I, I'll be in my hometown, Kansas City. Um, thank you for the invite. And then I am uh, making an appearance in San Diego. So I'm very excited about it. So yeah. I love talking about surgery. I love educating about surgery. And uh, so we'll have some fun. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining uh, us. Don't ask me the, the titles because I already forgot <laughs> what I'm going to talk about. But hopefully I will remember you know, in the month that I will do those talks. Get them yes. on track. Exactly, exactly. So, so DVM 360, you know, I, I, I really like the, of course, I, I, I only read it it's online. I, I cannot deal with the big paper thing, but, um, but I, I do think that they have, they're often the ones that uh, do really good reviews of things that are happening in veterinary medicine. So your, uh, journalists, as I may call them, are really good in picking out topics that are relevant for veterinarians and looking at trends. So I think it's a real good trend watching uh, journal to look at. But then also you're very often one of the first ones that come out with news, which I think veterinary news that's relevant. So, yes. so I wanted to applaud you for that. So that's why I think the, 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 the publications are relevant for, for any veterinarian. That's yeah. that's listening right now to the podcast, and and Thank I think you for uh, noticing that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's a pleasure. No, no, it, it's it, of course that uh, there's there's lots of stuff that you can read, and there's only little time, so you need to focus on the things that are important to you. Right. Um, and and I also think there is a, a strong focus on clinical yeah. uh, veterinary medicine. I like how because it's a smaller article, you can really condense something down that's easier for a general practitioner to read. And then if you're really interested in the topic, you can you know, go and follow those references and learn more. But it's like a quick, relatively quick read for everyone who's so busy, right? They can look at it and go, oh, that's really interesting. And I'm gonna try that in my practice or I didn't know that, or I'm already doing that. But then they can always go and look up more if they have the time or the interest. I really like yeah. that about the articles. Thank you for, for, for noticing both of those things, my friends, because we have an incredible team that has a pulse on the profession. And it's it's not easy, of course, when there's breaking news, we try to come up quick with it and post things quickly with our partners. But we have, so 800 to 1,000 words tends to be what our articles are, because that's what we, it's funny, we have the data that shows that. Yeah. <laughs> but we also, yeah, implemented a new thing too, where we do have what's called the CE in-book. In other words, this is like a lengthier article where you can get a one hour race approved CE for a reading yep. an article with some questions at the end. So we do have one on integrative medicine. We have one on surgery. So I think it's nice that we're trying to um, listen and to the needs and wants of our listeners, readers, subscribers, followers, all those different things. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And they pop up yeah, on social media too, right? So yes. I may not, uh, I subscribe and I get the, I get the paper. I like those papers, but it's nice when you're on Facebook or something and it comes up and I click on it and I can read it. It doesn't right. take me long and then I get some information and then I'm off doing the next thing. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so where can people find more information if they would like to? Yeah. So we're, we're everywhere. We have a good fun announcement that I'm happy to share with you today. You're the first one that knows this actually, but dbm360.com is where you can follow us um, on the website. If you want to know more about the conferences, it's easy. It's fetchdbm360.com. We're on um, Twitter, Instagram, 
LinkedIn, and now we are on TikTok. We'll be going to the TikTok space. So guess who had that influence? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this will be direct competition to your TikTok presence. Right. I'm telling I'm going to bring my TikTok. I told my TikTok family this. I said, I'm going to bring you over to another channel. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> but So I have everyone calm down. But, you know, I do have a lot of the vet students and veterinarians that follow me so that that I'll, it'll be interesting and fun to see how we do it over on the TikTok worlds. So I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, and, um, for sure. Yeah. I have a small we, TikTok addiction, so it sounds great. <laughs> you can go down that rabbit hole, no pun intended, right? Oh, and it's yeah. Just, uh, I look up at the clock, I'm like, what? whoa, what happened to the time? Because those little one minute videos or three minute videos now really get you, right? You just swipe yeah. the next one. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's the algorithm that really gets you. It's, it's quite amazing that how they do that so it's it's definitely people spend hours and hours on it uh, especially just before you go to bed it's very yeah. addictive and then suddenly it's an hour later yeah. um i would like to switch the topic a little bit because i promised the audience that i would talk about your wieners um and uh, your little doxies uh, yeah. without uh, calling the d word and right. you have quite yes very exactly nice. so yeah. once again if if you are a part of our patron family, then you can see all the items that Adam is holding in front of the uh, camera right now. And we see a picture on the back and we see a very long stretched one also on the top of the cupboard. So there is a wiener addiction going on in, in the Dr. Chrisman house. Okay, let's all go there. Um, but- um... <laughs> I love him. He yes, yeah. But uh, yeah. So how many do you have? I have four, you know, Ooh. and yeah, I'm not, I'm not hiding any extras too. Cause you know, like some people are like, how many cats do you have? I have five and then you look and they have 50. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I have four and uh, their names are Chelsea, Connor, Carl, and Clark W. Griswold. Of course, the four C's I'm that pet, that pet owner, right. That has to have like the C's to it. But um. I love them. And uh, it all stemmed when I was on my neurology rotation in vet school at Iowa State. I say this all the time. I had a great mentor, uh, Dr. Martha Klein. She was incredible. And um, she said to me, she's like, you have this connection to neurology, like to these dachshunds. Their will to walk was incredible. And you know this too. Like they have this huge spirit about them when they have irretrievable disc disease. And so I did say to them when I was in vet school, I'm like, I think our paths are going to cross, you know? And sure enough, it did. And um, lo, lo and behold, there was a dog named Kazo, one of my patients that the owners gave up. He was paralyzed. And that's why I wrote this book. Called... Oh. <laughs> oh. I saw that. That's yeah. Honey, have you squeezed the dachshund? Right. Yep. And, and so you guys know as a veterinarian, it's a, and you know, as a surgeon to, to, to talk about irreversible disease as a pet owner, it's more than a 20 minute appointment, you know, it's yeah. emotional, it's financial. So I said, as a huge oxen lover, I said, I'm going to co-author a book with my friend, Kristen. And we did. And it really is great about surgery, post-op care, integrative medicine, how to squeeze the, the bladder. So those of you that don't know the name of the book, you know, why is that? Because as you know, dogs can, you know, have that tone. So there's different way. I call it the football player squeeze. There's like the lean over squeeze. There's all different things. So my dog Cosmo, he, he was diagnosed at two and he lived till he was 14, you know, completely paralyzed. But, and he is the reason why I'm addicted to dachshunds because there's a little bit of Cosmo spirit in all of them. Oh, that's a nice story. I I, I love that story. You know, as a surgeon, I've seen many, many dachshunds and and I always wonder why people 
taken because there's such a big risk that this will happen to your puppy. And if you're not fast, uh, you know, if, if the dog still has pain, obviously the pain, then there is still a chance that they will come back uh, after sometimes a long period, sometimes a short period. But if they don't have the pain, then of course there is still options like you talk about, but it is, you have to have a very dedicated owner for that. You're right. Yeah. And they have to buy your book now. Then they have to book, yes. <laughs> I, I, I guess, you know, the, 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 the advice to people that do a lot of surgery is look at that book and have that ready for if a person uh, has a doxy with uh, that's paralyzed, just give that book immediately yeah. as a say goodbye present. It really is. And I, I really do mean this as a veterinarian. And I say, um, you know, what's a good, like you hear this all the time, what's a good first time dog owner? Like, it's got to be a dachshund for me. I said, it's not, it really isn't because you know that there's so many things that are, that they're prone to. They have, yeah. you know, a little extra wants and needs. But I will say this too, that again, what I love about veterinary medicine, it has advanced so much. I talk about this in the puppy visits. I want you to DNA test your dog. I want you to get genomic sequencing done because I did it for mine. And now that I know, for example, FARC does carry the gene for intervertebral disc disease, I instantly got a pet insurance. I got a pet insurance right away. Yeah. And I'm a veterinarian. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's a great tool to your listeners to like recommend that to everyone to like get genomic sequencing, get an un understanding an idea. Because if you really love the breed and passion like I am, like, yeah, it's, it's going to be an emotional risk. But I, now I can kind of do what I can to help try to minimize it as best as I can. I totally love that idea because I did the same thing with Chippy and Chippy is a, a mix of six different breeds, but the IVD gene was in there. And oh, so, so Chippy has been insured since I got him. Um, and, and it has been very beneficial, uh, obviously. And, and I think insurance anyway is something that we don't talk too much about yeah. uh, and, and we don't do enough. And I would like to talk to you a little bit then about insuring cats. So, People feel that when a cat is inside, you know, why would you insure him? So how do you tell a cat owner that insurance is really important? You know, I don't even make it an option. So I said, I, here's another open-ended question. Kelly, we were talking about this last week about yeah. like these open-ended questions. And I said, you know, tell me, tell me what pet insurance you have. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have, I don't have pet insurance. What are you talking about? My cat's only indoors. I said, okay, that's wonderful. And do you realize that it's how the importance of having pet insurance? Oh, I didn't know. I actually heard this. I didn't know indoor cats need pet insurance. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah as like yeah. the bubble is their pet insurance. Yeah. yeah okay. Because they don't need healthcare. Why do they need pet insurance? Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Have an accident uh, or eat a thread or. Right. No. And so it's a little I, bit more difficult there to say, okay, do a genetic test and find out that it's an European short hair. Um, right. So well, he needs insurance. Yeah, although, yeah, we can test for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy to name one example. So if you've got breeds that are predisposed, there are certainly tests that we can do for that now. So there are some, some tests. Although, you know, my question to that, if you do the DNA testing and you confirm that your dog carries that gene, sorry, I said the D word, uh, will your insurance company refuse coverage? No, they're not no. supposed to. Oh, okay. No. But like um, pre-existing condition, it's just a predisposition. Right. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Excellent point. 
Yeah. I think people yeah. are afraid of that with insurance companies, right? They get worried right. about, is, is it even going to be covered? And so I think that's right. why the insurance companies tend to be the elephant in the room when they are actually very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Especially yeah. the pet insurance companies. I think yeah. that, you know, we, we always hear about insurance from the human side and uh, how difficult they sometimes can be, uh, although everybody's insured almost. And then when you talk about pet insurance, then they say, why would I insure my pet? Yeah. Uh, right. And, and I think it's also because people, you know, people that have had a pet that has had really high medical bills, they are probably taking insurance the next time. But first timers often don't have pet insurance. And, you know, the penetration of pet insurance is 3% right now in the US. It's really low. It's, yeah, uh, it's often a retrospective question, right? They, you bring the cat in and it's got X disease, diabetes. And they say, well, can we get pet insurance now? <laughs> no. Well, you can, but the diabetes won't be covered. So, right. yeah, it's, it's stressful. Yeah, I'm like you. I try to encourage people to start right up at the beginning to get it. So. Right. It's, it's probably one of the biggest. It, it actually is the number one question that I get in a live stream is um, for the cat parents is one, do I need it? And what one do you recommend? And I say the one that works for you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's just like a half-ass answer. I said, it's not. Because if you do your research, there's so many different plans that are out there. I said, you have to be a fool not to get pet insurance nowadays in 2022 with all the available options that are out there. There truly is something for everyone that can meet your budget. So, you know, whatever that deductible is, I mean, you can go, you can have the, the Royals, Rolls Royce? Is that a car or did I just make it up? Let's say Porsche. Rolls <laughs> Royce, <laughs> sure. Let's say Porsche. It's like, like you can have the Porsche of insurance or you can have like something that's more affordable, reasonable, but have something at least because like even whether it be a wellness, the spay, a dental cleaning. I mean, you know, you're going to have those things throughout the cat's life. So mm -hmm. it might as well be more proactive than reactive. Yep. And, and at the end, it's cheaper. I mean, it's it's yeah. not that, you know, it looks like it's expensive uh, if you calculate it all, but you only have to be hit with one real big bill and suddenly your insurance would have been a lot cheaper. And I don't think people see that whole, you know, the whole the whole life stage of the animal uh, right. where they could use that that insurance. So, so if you have a client that is resistant to you pushing insurance, what do you do? We beat the crap out of them as well. <laughs> okay, we have to cut out this piece from the podcast. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes, thank, thank you very much, Dr. Adam. And this is the end. So uh, let's finish it off very quickly. No, seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, having education is, is really important too. And I think, and to your listeners, you probably can find and identify a cheerleader in your practice. It doesn't have to be the veterinarian. It could be a CSR, it could be a technician. So follow through is good. Yeah. So when I have the declining, they decline it or whatever, like I mentioned in the notes, I will put a, a 30 day recall on there for somebody to check in to say, you know, this is Jen, just checking in to see. I know that Dr. Crispin talked to you earlier about pet insurance. Not like we make anything off this because everyone should know that. Like we don't make anything off it. We really want to do good medicine. We want to take away that financial concern. So we just want to help out. What questions do you have for me? I can send you some information, some brochures. Um, you know, I think that's important. I do TikTok videos about pet insurance. I, I have many of them. And so they will send a video to them or a TikTok video. Have your team do a, a, a soundbite. And I said this last week, and I really mean it. It should come from you. It should come from you. 
you know, you, we always complain in our profession that Dr. Google, you know, Dr. Google. So then do something about it. And whether it be an ear cleaning video, pet insurance, it should come from you and send it to them. And I'm telling you, you're going to have greater compliance if it comes from your voice. Yeah, that's, good. that's a very, very good point. So, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if there are that many cat TikTok doctors on. There's a few. You know, there's an open spot. There's an open spot for someone to do that, yeah. to jump in there. Yeah, I mean, to watch them. So Jackson Galaxy just got his own TikTok now, just like this week. I think he started. Oh. So. Excellent. You got to cat people, cat behavior people. Excellent. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, I think but I, I think one of the reasons that uh, Dr. Susan and I started this podcast was, you know, people were always asking the same questions. And so yeah. and then we said, yeah, but there's, there's books. But people don't have time to read books and some people like to learn through audio and so they prefer to to listen to people talk about these topics and get their information that way other people like to read some people like to look at TikTok videos i mean it's just everybody's different so i i, I think there's space for for this i'm so glad you mentioned that and that's exactly what we do at dvm 360 that's what i was just talking about earlier is that we have evolved over the years too because we're identifying the fact that our learners learn differently and that's quite okay. So what did we do? We had a podcast that came out a couple of years ago. Um, we have an imprint publication, but some like to be in person to learn. Now we have webinars. So we all have a, to digest information so differently. And I love that you mentioned that too. So, um, and to the, the, the private practice owners or and associates that are tuning in and listening to that, I really do mean that. So whether or not be something that is hanging up in your exam room versus a soundbite that you can offer them or a video or written instructions, we have to really be mindful of how our how our pet parents learn and digest that information. Yeah, that's really good. Kelly. Yeah. Any other questions? You know, I did this the last time too, so yeah, now you're yeah, prepared. Yeah, right, right. No, so I, I've been really enjoying chatting with you, uh, Adam, because it's just, I was looking at all of your social media and your website and all the great things that you do. And I see that you're a motivational speaker and yes. you you help people to implement change. And so I wanted what, to know what your key tip to people who are trying to motivate change. This is an example, yeah. you know, I, I'm someone who lectures and I speak to people about cat-friendly interactions and we're changing from declawing. And so we're trying to motivate people to change. And what would be something you would say to someone like myself to give a tip to change the way people think or act or what we're trying to I, do? There, there's two things. One, I say be uncomfortable getting uncomfortable because we don't like to be uncomfortable. So it's one thing to, to adapt to that. For example, if we're gonna have feline friendly hours in our hospital, oh, well, this isn't gonna work. This is gonna work. How's this gonna affect my lunch hour? You know, like this is just, you know, you're going to hear a lot of pushback. So my second thing is, you know, be prepared to understand that there's going to be resistance. And the way in which you change that resistance is explaining the why behind things too. So, you know, for example, if I want to change your dog's heartworm prevention for whatever reason that we believe in, we have to explain the why behind those things. We're not trying to sell you something just because we're looking to make money. So I think in order for change to happen, education is really key. And that's why I say it when I'm at DVM 360, when we have new products that are coming in, new companies, I said, you gotta educate the veterinary audience or the pet parents, depending what your route is, because that's where you're gonna get compliance for anything, you know? I mean, for anything. I mean, think about when, like, would you remember when Filara Bits was out? <laughs> for heartworm prevention? And 
right? And then you heard like heart, what's this chewable? What is this? A once a month thing? And then you hear of like an oral clean. Oh, how is this going to work? Oh, I'm going to wait till this guy or this woman uses it at his or her practice. So that's how we are. But I feel like the needle is moving quicker because we realize in order to change, you have to know the why and learn a little bit more about it. So um, that's probably my best piece of advice is, yeah. I like that. Thank you. Put you and I have one more question for you too. Um, what is your, because you're a futurist too, um, what is going to happen with the pandemic? What do you think? Um, I think, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're learning a lot. That's for sure. I think, I think curbside is here to stay. I really do. I think it's how we use curbside to provide better workflow efficiencies. So maybe your recheck appointments, surgical drop-offs, technician visits, that way you can maximize those exam rooms for greater average client transactions. This is just the business side of me speaking, but I do think from a workflow efficiency, that's gonna happen. I think virtual care is here to stay, if not explode even further. Um, so again, I, I say this in a lecture that the future is so bright for veterinary medicine because I feel like technology, we got we got like a really big jolt of lightning hit us in this profession with this pandemic. So um, a lot of good things are gonna be coming out of this. We, we're learning about DEI. We're learning how important that is to have really uncomfortable conversations that are needed to have in order for change to happen. So um, yeah, really good stuff. That's a wonderful ending of this podcast. Uh, we're already at 25 minutes, so thank you so much, Adam. I have one final question for you, though. What do oh. you guys, what do you call a pile of kittens? Does anybody know? A pile of kittens. Well, now, if Susan was here, she'd have the answer. We yeah, Susan would know. Cats is a clouder, uh, but I don't know what, but I can't remember oh, the pile of kittens. Are the answer is called a meowin. A meowin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good one. Hello. Okay, then. Yes, yes. All right. This is a very interesting end of our podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Chrisman and Dr. St. Denis, thank for being know. on the PER podcast. Uh, uh, you can find more information per podcast.net. I forgot to mention the Patreon site. If you are interested in more information and back, you know, get a view at the back of the scenes uh, no that doesn't that is not correct english oh well whatever if you want more information uh, you can become a member of our patreon family and uh, and and once again i would love to thank dr adam chrisman for being on the show you are amazing as usual yeah, thank you uh, please everybody follow his tiktok account uh, and make the 12 million to go to 25 million uh, it can always be bigger you know, bigger is available, we always say. And uh, and I really appreciate you to uh, respond to our social media channels at Per Podcast. So thank you very much, both Kelly and Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, 
She also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.